Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. Uh, it's your host, Ken Stearns, and just a beautiful day here in Moab. Uh, I'm on my little journey with the jar. You just saw the video, introduction video, uh, is me kind of pontificating on what might be the common thread on my journey across 111 cities and interviewing you know, 444 people. And as if you follow the show a little bit, you know that was mental health. And so in January, taking a break from the road, uh, I started this. I started uh, a nonprofit called the, the Jar Foundation and also started this podcast to really understand how people get into this business, how people are in here helping. Uh, just a great conversation with Stephen, our next guest, before we before we got on. And we were talking about, you know, people end up in this space because somebody they love ends up in a mental health journey or they have their own journey. And, uh, and, and this is just a really interesting thing for me in this space. And it's kind of why I started. You know, I ended up on listening to so many people's journeys. And I wanted to better understand the crisis and what people are doing about it and, if possible, how I can help. And, Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks for carving some time out of your day to be a guest. Much appreciated. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of talking earlier, Stephen, maybe you can start off the, I love starting off by just kind of getting right to, you know, who you are today and, and what you're doing in, in the mental health space. And then we'll kind of, you know, talk a little bit about that and how it's important or why it's important. And then maybe we'll kind of slowly step back a little bit into your personal journey. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so currently, uh, I am working in investor relations for a company called Motif Neurotech. Um, okay. Motif sits on the brain computer interface and kind of deep tech side of this mental health industry at large um, were people way smarter than me at the company are working on uh, creating a nanotechnology that actually gets implanted um, into the skull um, just below the scalp above the brain and this yeah, so I see the look on your face. Wait, like, wait, oh, what? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. If you're driving a car, pull over right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's a brain computer interface. You've heard of Neuralink probably, or some of your yes. listeners have that, yes. kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, Motif is creating a small nanotechnology the size of a pea. It's going to sit just below the scalp, above the brain, uh, or above the dura of the brain, which is like, okay. like in the skull. Um, and what that does is it performs a treatment called transcranial magnetic stimulation called TMS. Um, it's a pretty common treatment for people with treatment resistant depression or other uh, mental health disorders that are resistant to treatment. Um, and it's uh, used in that way with a lot of great clinical success in the, um, in the, in the, uh, excuse me, in the clinics but you, you essentially are sitting in this large dry, like hair drying apparatus, right? Yes, um, yes. So yeah. uh, Motif is trying to miniaturize and uh, kind of portableize that technology so that people can do this treatment at home and not have to drive to a clinic. Um, so that's the mission we're working on. Um, and I'm just really happy to be a part of it. I'm helping them raise, do their seed round right now. Wow. That is, I mean, that is, that's wild technology. Um, yeah, I kind of want to dive on that a little bit. How sure. close, this is... This is 
is it radio magnetic or electrical? What what kind of impulses or what kind of how do you deliver it's the, a, a, the message to the brain? Okay. Sure. Yeah. It's electromagnetic stimulation. Um, and like I said, it's been clinically proven um, using like a larger apparatus um, yes. where you're essentially doing, uh, it's different than direct brain stimulation. Um, and okay. I won't go any further into that because I'm not okay. the engineer or the <laughs> yeah, You and I shouldn't it. be talking. You and yeah, I shouldn't go there. I know a guy you could talk to though. Um, so okay. yeah, so the, the long and short of it is where they've miniaturized this common treatment um, to be portable okay. where you basically wear a cap and the cap has, is the electronic source and it powers this module through a magnet um, essentially and transfers the power and creates the um, stimulation of, of different parts of the brain. And what mm. we're seeing is with treatment resistant depression, which is the first um, ailment we're going to be targeting in our clinical yeah. studies um, is, is primarily uh, reacting in the prefrontal cortex, uh, dorsolateral okay. prefrontal cortex. However, depression is a really network effect. So we're trying to stimulate lots of parts of the brain um, to enable uh, just a more executive function. So think of getting out of bed in the morning and doing basic tasks. Um, this, these are things that people with uh, treatment resistant depression can't even do almost a canatonic type state. Um, so we're trying wow. to get people from zero to one. That's, you know, I had a, a, a gentleman on the show not too long ago that was, that ended up with electric shock therapy, uh, treatment resistant. And, you know, I mean, the next, like after that, what happens? Lobotomy? I mean, he was at the end sure. of his right? And lucky for him, I mean, he only went to a few sessions, not really helping. And he, and he ended up with a different path, which he found, he found treatment. But, but man, I mean, when you're really taking, I mean, these are the zero cases, right? Zero functionality. Those are hot. Does this, is this treatment helping someone function or is there also repair? Cause I think some of the electromagnetic uh, people I've talked to, they say it actually repairs the brain. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's, both. Yeah. it's definitely both. Um, and with TMS uh, there typically is an 11 month relapse period. So it's providing the longer term. Uh, the treatment is providing more care for a longer period of time mm. than some other um, methods that, maybe fix a symptom, but don't fix the, the, the core. Um, right. And what we're trying to do is, is uh, provide an option that uh, going to a clinic doesn't become a barrier to entry for getting the treatment more frequently. So we're going to try to decrease um, relapses and increase the ability to use this um, treatment more readily and more effectively, more cheaply um, by having yeah, it yeah. already implanted and putting a cap on so you can do this six-week treatment um, more frequently. That is fascinating. And where are you guys? Is it? Is there a creator of this? Is he? Is there? Is there, or she? Yes. A founder on the yeah, team? Yeah, our founder is our founder is amazing. His name is Jacob Robinson. Um, I'll probably misspeak on his credentials, but he went to Cornell yeah. and then to Harvard, and now he's a professor at Rice. Um, and he studies electrophysics. Um, and has ended up in neuroscience through the creation of this miniature implant that doesn't have a battery inside of it. And what that allowed us to do was miniaturize this incredibly small so that the procedure is incredibly minimally invasive, um, a 20-minute outpatient procedure that can be done by pretty much any neurosurgeon. So it's not a deep implant. We're not going in yes. the brain. Um, yeah. And that's really the rub here, right? Because that barrier to entry, like you talked about, even if someone's at the end of the ropes, it's still terrifying to have something implanted in your skull. 
Yeah, um, it's, yeah, that's a that's a that's a bridge for me to go yes, across. Totally. Neural, I think Neuralink sounds very invasive. I mean, that's the, you know, yeah, I think they're more invasive. I think they, I think they cut a square out of your skull, mm -hmm. from what I understand. So they have to get really in there. Um, yes. But this this is obviously a much much different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's been it's just been so cool to get associated with this company. Um, I have a biology background, but I have been in cannabis for the last 10 years. So my transition into a really direct um, mental health uh, yes. associated yeah. company that's like doing something to try and solve issues rather than cannabis, which is a you know wellness supplement definitely has a lot of medical benefit, but has recently become much more like consumer product, more yeah, like alcohol, yeah. more yes. like some of these other industries that people consume for all kinds of reasons. Um, so it's been a dream come true for me to be uh, associated and affiliated with a company doing doing real what, what's uh, your, technology work. Yeah, what's your work like? What are you What are you doing for the firm now? You said you're helping raise the. You're helping find. Yeah, money. we're doing we're doing a fifteen million dollars seed round. Um, okay, and that is to facilitate clinical trials um, and find. Basically, we've proven already that the treatment um, with this um, implant can do the same thing as TMS in a okay. clinical setting. We just haven't proved that it's the same efficacy in treating depression or treating different ailments. So that's kind of the next phase for the company's uh, growth. Interesting. How how easy is it to find money right now in mental health? I mean, I, I would assume right now that there are people finding you, and, and I you know I could be totally wrong with this. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I I yeah. would imagine at this point, like people should be finding startups and smart companies. People, there must be people with lots of millions willing to throw five million say, here and there. I would love to say that. I think it's turning around. Yes. Um, but I think the the broader economic um, turmoil mm. that our country's in is affecting yeah. all sorts of capital for all sorts of good yeah. ideas. Um, and good tech. And ours is no different. Um, I think that the, the investors and the capital that we've seen in the space, or at least I've seen in my, in my short time working, uh, is that the people that do want to invest are incredibly passionate. They're incredibly knowledgeable. They know the yeah. tech, yes. um, yeah. which makes it really good in some ways when you find someone who's completely aligned. And it's also challenging because there's a big learning curve. There's a big learning curve, especially on what you're doing. And yeah, it's really esoteric and it's, and it's scary, right? So trying to convince someone that it's minimally invasive, for example, um, they, can't, <laughs> they can't understand the product's market fit. That people Feedback we've been getting is like, well, how do you know that people are going to want to get a small hole drilled into their skull? Um, and we've, you know, we're trying to combat those things by talking to interventional psychiatrists and people that subscribe these treatments like TMS or like DBS or electroconvulsive therapy, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, People at the end of the line want their psychiatrist to guide them to something that is going to help. Um, uh, yes. We know that this kind of therapy is going to help. And that's why we're targeting something that has such a severe need for, for a last ditch treatment. And then okay. working backwards I, into more brain wellness uh, okay. applications. Yeah. That, I mean, look, your, your, your solution's not going to be for everybody, even, even when it's, even when it's fully going. Um, mm-hmm. When I talk to people, though, when when you are in pain, I I think when you've got when you've been on every drug in the you know in the book, and your your therapist and your doctor can't figure out the the cocktail, and you've been through four or five, I would imagine if there's something, especially it's not a drug, you're not going to have this thing for life, right? You're not, you know, you, you it, probably the tech will only get better, 
And if it's like the, if it's like the other treatments, it'll end up helping heal your brain. So I, I would imagine it's not a terribly difficult sell. If I was in that state, I'd no. be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And what we've seen, what we've seen when we talk to interventional psychiatrists is that they really believe that the end game here as neurotech con- continues to improve and drug applications yep. for mental health continue to improve. We understand more about these treatments. Um, there's going to be like stratification of consumers or patients, I should say, and what they want to do. Right. So do they mm-hmm. want to start with um, taking an SSRI? Do they want to jump into psychedelics? That's going to be a small subset of the population. We've got a lot of pushback yep. saying, well, isn't everyone just going to take mushrooms at some point and heal no, themselves? No. It, it's no. not a one size fits all, <laughs> like anything in this world, right? People have like everything. It's not good. Right. Right. Yeah. Some people might trust uh, an implantable, you know, computerized device more than taking mushrooms on a really, you know, broad example there. So um, we see it as like, it's not a need to eat the whole market. We want to provide real therapy and give real results to people that desperately need the treatment. Um, mm. And it's not, and it's going to work for some. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think, you know, and it, like you said, I think it's, I think it's very clever to start uh, to start with this really treatment resistant population. You're going to get a lot more traction that the conver- you're going to get the conversation. I think at least you'll get the conversation with the therapist. Yeah. How did you end up in the space? What happened? uh, You know, how did, how did you end up? How did you end up here? (laughs) Like, you know, like we're all ended up, we all have a crazy question. Uh, We definitely all have our story. Um, My road into wanting to be involved in in the mental health industry uh, really started with my own personal experience. I lost my dad to Mm. suicide at 18 right before I went to college. Um, and I was on a, I was on a mental health track after that. I was, I wanted to figure out how we could provide solutions. Uh, my dad didn't really see a way out of what he was dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. and as I struggled with survivorship of someone losing someone to suicide, I realized that when you get depressed and, and when you have mental health issues, it's really hard to see a way out a lot of the time. Um, it, so I can only imagine what magnitude he was suffering. Um, so with that, you know, I wanted to get in the space. Um, and like a really angsty freshman in college who just went through this and was really passionate, wanted to dive right into research. I was a pre-med when I went to college. Um, I okay. got, uh, yeah, I got turned down from a couple labs. I was trying to study bipolar disorder and you got a lot of red tape as a freshman. Uh, you know, they're like rise to the ranks, maybe as a junior, come back and work in the lab. And I was like, I want to make an impact now. So I oh, got man. frustrated with the traditional track, like a lot of people and started looking around and I found the cannabis industry had just been starting. This is like 2011, 2012 when legalization. Oh, great timing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Legalization had just been passed in Colorado for rec. Medical had been around for a few years. Um, and I decided to jump into that industry. So I flew out to Colorado on a whim um, and uh, went to a conference. There was a bunch of, you know, 200 people in a church back then. And now there's 20,000 people in a convention center in Vegas. So that industry exploded and I kind of got in at the right time. Um, I, <clears throat> yeah, nuts. So I interned uh, for an edibles company, um, moved out to Colorado, got a $500 <laughs> gas stipend, an unpaid internship and, and uh, had a blast. And it's been a, it's been a crazy road since then. I fell in love with Denver settled up here. And, uh, and since then I've been working in the industry in lots of different parts of the supply chain. Um, okay. most notably kind of like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. You want to go? No, 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 no. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I ended up at work, uh, starting a company called shy farms, um, which was a CBD supply chain company. Uh, we ran a 300 acre farm down in Southern Colorado. And that was really my kind of 
first uh, realization that I thought recreational cannabis was kind of going on a consumer product track. And <laughs> yeah, okay. It really wasn't, it wasn't really aligned with my why. Yeah. My why yeah, yeah. was wanting to solve and help with mental health issues um, mm. and, and really wanted to be at a company that was making impact towards that why. So I ended up um, in the CBD side of the cannabis industry, which was much more medically focused okay. at that time. Yes, yes. And, um, and we ended up having a supply chain business that was really successful. And then COVID happened. Uh, and like everyone, it changes everything. Uh, that company shut down. Um, and, and it was the right time wow. to based on where that industry was at. And also my mental health suffered like many other people's did uh, yeah. during COVID, right? Loneliness epidemic became a thing. Um, all these different you know, COVID life crises of like, what am I going to do with my life? What do I want to do next? Is my current life serving me? All these types of things. Um, so with that, I started to see a shift of like wanting to track back to my why. Um, and that led me into the psychedelic realm. A lot of people in cannabis moved yep. to psychedelics yes. and are moving yeah. to psychedelics because of this kind of consumer product versus medical application yep. divergence in cannabis. So I ended up there. And that's what ended up leading me down the road to Motif um, through uh, some venture capital firms that I knew of that were also like former cannabis moving to psychedelics. And Motif okay. was invested by one of them. So it, it led me to um, finding Jacob and, and we hit it off. And I think uh, something that we bonded on was this idea that there isn't a one size fits all treatment for everyone, yeah. right? Cannabis yeah. isn't going to do it for everyone. Some of the people that might, even in my own life, like cannabis used to be so therapeutic for me in college. And as I've gotten older, it creates anxiety, not takes it away. Right. So treatments that may have worked at one point in your life might not work later. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm still, I, I just love that. And stuck on that one moment when you said I had a C uh, I had a edibles company internship, you know, <laughs> just Wrapping chocolate bars. Yep. I mean, just, you know, that's a, just an amazing statement for me just to hear somebody say that. I had to think like I, how excited I would have been if I was 22 years old and that, or 20, you know, might've been about 20 at the time. I have, a, <laughs> I, have a light, I have a light story that I like to tell about like my second week on the job there. Right. Um, this is back in the day where this is, this is back in the day. You already know what I'm going to say. Uh, research and development team. I'm sitting in a boardroom oh, at the company. Oh my yep. God. The R and D team. And really there's an R and D. Can I join? Well, you, you really, how do I, I going to say you're, you're a 22 year old uh, post-college kid. You're not going to volunteer for the, the research and development team. <laughs> so, so I'm in this room. We're testing out a new Tootsie Roll uh, formulation and I take a tiny, tiny bit. Cause I know myself, my tolerance, and I know what that's going to do, but it took a tiniest little bit, wait 15 minutes. And I'm like, I better, it's like five 30 at night. I'm like, I better drive home because this is going to hit me soon. I'm going to go home. Let's go. To I a better safe get location. to a safe space. Right. I made it three quarters of the way and I'm in my neighborhood trying to get in. <laughs> and I was so nervous about making left turns that I made right turns all the way home. And I'm just circling around where I need to go by making rights. And I have to fight the traffic. And it took me, you know, an extra 20 minutes. It's so funny. I'm just cracking up to myself. Oh. Like, this is this so, is working at Edibles Company. So, so the, the Tootsie Roll was a hit. <laughs> it was a big hit, right? <laughs> too big of a oh, hit. Yeah, too big of a hit. Too big of a hit. Oh, that is too funny. That is too funny. Mm -hmm. I had my own my own slight Edibles uh, diversion. Well, we got some time. Um, 
I, I, I don't want to name names because I don't, you know, I don't know how that goes. Um, but a, a <laughs> friend of a friend of a friend, <laughs> a friend of a friend of a friend works for a company uh, actually here in Utah. And it's a it's a large I think it's either state owned or federally kind of licensed where the kind of THC they're using is transportable across state lines. I didn't quite understand it. It's okay. Yeah, it's Delta a diff- eight probably. Yeah, it might it might have been Delta eight is maybe what it was um, or some other thing or some other federally licensed piece. Maybe that's Delta mm-hmm. eight. Anyway, I, I ended up with a, a, a giant Ziploc baggie of the rejects. And the problem was that this person could not really remember which, co- for obvious reasons, could not remember which color represented which dosage. Oh, dear. Uh, it took me some figuring <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> Trial by fire. <laughs> as, as, luck, as luck would have it, apparently I, I overdosed and left uh, three quarters of the bag in a refrigerator in some hotel room in Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, like, I don't want to do those ever again to the, and that was God. That was God's hand for sure. Yeah. Uh, but to the, but to the poor maid that found those and brought those and, and thought she found a whole bunch of, you know, sweet gummies. God bless her and her family. I hope she knew what those were. And I hope it was a great time. Um, yeah. You know, like I just want to push on that for one second. Cause it's, you bring up a really great anecdote that so many people have had experience where they accidentally take too much and they yes. have a bad yeah. experience dosing is a huge yeah, not thing funny. it's it, it happened through cannabis no but it's yeah. it's it is funny but it's it's teachable right because we could prevent this by making products yeah. that are safe and and educational like cannabis had that air world and we're out of that era now where cannabis products are dosed regulated people know what they're getting yeah people can yes. rely on that dose same thing is going to happen in psychedelics um these treatments need to be standardized these treatments are still unproven like we need more yeah. research around contraindications if you're going to have a bad experience, what your tolerance is for inedibles mm. milligrams for that case. Um, I find it really important because I think like, I'm glad that your experience ended up laughable minded too. a lot of yeah. people don't always have that luck. Right. And they have, they have a bad experience that triggers them and takes mm. them into that next phase where they're trying to heal and they maybe take a step back. Um, yeah, that's bad. a lot that's of it's bad. reversible, but <laughs> it's, it's tough. And it, and it really just, I want to hit that point home for like viewers and people that are in the space of like, just because these treatments have amazing efficacy and do work, it always work for everyone. And, and we got to, there's a lot more to be done in our industry of like individualized treatments and what dose and what kind of medicine is going to work for everyone. Yeah. That's an interesting, interesting conversation. Like you said, each person's going to have a very, very different tolerance, especially when you start getting into psychedelics. Um, oh yeah, and then and then measuring. It's very difficult to measure psychedelics. You know, strength. I would guess. I don't know what part of the mushroom. You know how that works. For example, psilocybin. You know, until it's maybe they're going to end up with synthetic. I guess I, I don't quite know. Well, we're still we're still learning about the endocannabinoid system, right? And that's been something that we've known about since the seventies, right? Mm. Um, and as we know that system, and we're still trying to figure out how endocannabinoids or synthetic cannabinoids affect. Um, affect our bodies, same conversation with any of the psychedelic yeah. uh, chemistry, right? What's the biochemistry there? What areas of the brain body is infecting? What are the Yeah, each person, each person very different. Um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, this is the interesting stuff is, is as, as the, I've interviewed a few people in the psilocybin space talking about, you know, this, now the, the tour guides, 
you know, for lack of a better description, sure. right? So, uh, to, someone to help, uh, you know, if you want to take a, if you want to go down that route, you'll have a, a therapist will help you find, you know, source some material and then also make sure that you've got a great trip. Very interesting. What do you, what's next? I mean, you guys are doing kind of what's next. What, as you go around yeah. and talk to, you, you, you must be learning from investors because you're pitching to investors and they're being pitched. Are you hearing yeah, anything else it. interesting that you're you're hearing or, or even stuff yeah. around, you know, cannabis or or even um, hallucinogens, you know, any other kind of modality sure. that you're hearing people are poking there's, around? Yeah, there's a couple. It's a great question. Um, let's start. I'll just take you through all of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are, you, seeing, what are you seeing? Yeah, we're seeing a couple of things. We're seeing neuromodulation, obviously, is the space that I'm okay. in and that's becoming more prevalent. A lot, a lot of good research it's Sorry, good yeah, stuff. It's, it's, it's just good stuff. I'm just saying, I love amazing it, and it's stuff. good stuff. It's amazing stuff. It's high tech. We're miniaturizing yeah. these devices. We're making it more approachable. We're making the procedures less invasive. All that kind of stuff. Um, and the treatments. We're like learning more about how these treatments affect the brain. Hmm. Um, then there's the psychedelic realm. The psychedelic realm is is pretty amazing, and what they're innovating on right now because they're looking at um, non psychedelic what do they call it? Nine non-psychedelic plastin plastogens. I think it's plastogens. And what that basically mm -hmm. is, is like psychedelics are, are creating neuroplasticity, which allows us to kind of like recode our thinking and, and create new connections. So can we create chemical compounds that do the same plastic effect to the brain without the psychedelic experience? Like we were talking about earlier, like someone tripping on mushrooms might not feel safe to them. So yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there a chemistry we can provide to give the same experience neurologically without the psychological <clears throat> event, you know? Understand. That Understand. Really cool. And then there's a merging that's happening that I, I was listening to Andrew Huberman talk, who I'm sure everyone knows, um, at um, MAPS conference, uh, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. I was in Denver in June. Um, he was talking about... Um, combining neuromodulation and brain computer interface with um, psychedelics, right? Because what we're seeing in psychedelics is psychedelics are more effective when combined with therapy. That's how we're, that's how we're doing all of these yes. clinical studies. Yes. Psychedelics in a vacuum and psychedelics plus treatment. But he's saying, what if we do psychedelics and then psychedelics plus treatment and psychedelics with neuromodulation and treatment? Can wow. we see an additive effect? And so far, like, it looks to be additive, right? It looks to be a better than the sum of its parts kind of combination when you're working all these things together. And that makes sense. Like treating a holistic person. Yeah, it makes sense. To treat a brain that we barely understand. Um, there's going to be a lot of things at play. So I think that's really the cool thing is like we're combining um, techniques and resources, excuse me, to try and, uh, and deliver even better medicine. Yeah, you've got medicine, you've got healing through this. So you've got the medicine, you know, being the being the psilocybin or whatever. It could be ketamine. It could be a number of things probably. So you've got that. You've got the treatment. You've got that conversation coming from the therapist, right? And then you've got the, the actual, you've got the healing part, the actual physical healing through, through the device. Wow. I mean, that seems like yeah. a very good approach. It'd be a really interesting triple threat. Yeah. So I'm sure we're going to see, that's my guess based on what I've been hearing is lots more studies mm. in that world. Um, lots more clinical work um, combining treatments. Imagine one day you could, you end up going into a kind of a brain clinic and yeah. you, you, yeah, you go I through think... some tests 
and eventually you end up with some kind of, you know, a little bit of a diagnosis and they put you in some machines and talk to a few people and yeah. maybe you get some drugs, maybe you don't, maybe you get a machine, maybe you'd, and you get a tune-up. One thing we look at with Motif and our long-term roadmap, this is 10 years out, but what we're looking at is these implantable devices as like whoop bands, for lack of a better term, like the whoop yeah. band monitors heart rate, it monitors you know, everything yeah. going on physiologically. This chip can send feedback on how the brain is operating back to yeah. your phone, to your psychiatrist, and you have a brain score, right? You, you know what the fitness and health of your brain is at any given time because you're getting activity and you're translating that data. And then we can create individualized treatments based on that. And maybe that looks like memory increase. Maybe that looks like mood stability. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily treating something dire, right? It could just be monitoring Ooh. and modulating, you know, basic, basic homeostasis. Um, so is there any, is there any talk that you guys think you can improve brain function like on a normal, like a, a you know, normal super air quotes on normal. <laughs> so a person who's yeah. a, a, alleg allegedly functioning, you allegedly know, above, at, at, at a, at a, nor at a, a, whatever normal is pace is, is there some thought or have you, you know, you must be sitting in the brainstorming and going, yeah. yeah, brainstorming and going, do you know, do you think this will have like a positive impact to somebody who feels good already? Yeah. Uh, attention, memory, the you yes. know, basic mood, these basic functions of our brain. Um, I, I could absolutely, I could absolutely see a future where this type of technology does that. Uh, how yeah. close is that to be seen? Yeah, I you know I think this Parkinson's, um, Alzheimer's, you know, all some kind of electrical something's going on in the brain, right? That's misfiring. Okay, it's shrinking a little bit, but you know why is it shrinking? You know, the, there's got to yeah, be those are degradative conditions, right? So over time they worsen. So yeah, if we look at it like this type of treatment could be preventative in a way and stave it off um, before it gets too bad. That's, that's yeah. a, definitely a possibility. Yeah, and it just those things. I, I, um, you know, I think anybody listening, if you haven't heard the Joe Rogan Elon Musk conversation around, um, uh, what is his device again? Uh, the um, Neuro Neuralink. Neuralink. Yeah, if you haven't heard that, and I, I would imagine their website's got great stuff as well. Um, but it's a great, fascinating conversation they had. I think it was the second, the second interview. Um, but really interesting talking about the the what they had hoped it would do. And I think they now got trials going. I think they did finally get approved for a trial. Um, mm -hmm. I believe so. There's lots of companies yeah. in the space too and neurotech that are doing some amazing stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can stop an epilepsy attack before it starts. I mean, some life-changing stuff. Um, and this mm -hmm. is just, again, all the, around the electricity that's going on in the brain. Just uh fascinating little device you'll have, to have, you'll have to have jacob on next time so he can nerd out and tell you how it actually works <laughs> how it actually works uh, this would be now that would be i'll have to go and do some study i'll have to for sure do a little research before i get into a, a phone call because i at least would like to have one phrase i can say which you might go oh well luckily he's um, a professor so he can teach you oh, okay way better than i could too anyway and yeah and you know, Stephen, this is that's what this the show really is all about. Is about you know just sharing and learning. Um, and and like I was saying before, whoops, get rid of all these, get rid of all these banners. Um, sorry, trying to get rid of my banners. Um, uh, hang on, sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. 
Uh, somewhere. Anyway, so I, I think, yeah, it looks like a good one until, you know, until you don't want it there. And then it's not so, and then I can't figure out which one it is. Grows counseling. Hmm. Well, there you go. And I, and I think I deleted yours. <laughs> that's that's the best. That's my favorite part. Uh, there we go. Okay. I, I've hacked, I've hacked the system now. There we go. Hey, there it I is. Hacked, I hacked it back. Um, I wanted to get, I wanted to get our names back. It's kind of wrapping up. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to get on again. Yeah. This is what you guys are doing. And maybe it just needs a little bit of time and another month or so. And, you know, kind of see what the next news is. When's a good time do you think to come back? If I, you if know, I put I'm a little trigger in my our... file. Yeah, we're going to close our round the end of this year and end of Q4. So maybe after the new year, like I'd love to come okay. back in January, tell you where we're at on our, we finished our raise, hopefully. Uh, and, uh, and we're, we're moving into the next phase of, of the company's uh, development, which is going to be really exciting stuff. Things are going to happen fast when we, when we get rolling. So. Um, oh, well, I think when you get the money dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Especially you've yeah, got, you've got absolutely. that budget. You get the hires that you need and you get the, you start to get the trials going, right? That that's yep, and then you know, and then next time, shameless plug here. I've been working on developing a nonprofit um, where we're oh, hiking mountains to raise money for suicide prevention. Um, we did our first one in 2020, and I've kind of had it on the back burner for a little bit. So I'll have to talk about that next time too. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and for sure, I'll, I'll get that. Shoot me a note. I, I'll get you on the side on that, and I'll make sure it gets in the episode cool. notes. Yeah, it should be awesome. for sure in the episode. What's what's the name of it? Maybe just pimp it a little bit. Yeah, for it's, a second. it's called, yeah, it's, it's called summits for suicide prevention. Um, we are still Great. in like a very infancy stage, but we partner with maps um, who I mentioned okay. earlier. Um, and we, yeah. we donate to their, um, their MDMA capstone campaign, um, which is helping yeah. legalize MDMA. Uh, and yes. that's allegedly yeah. going to go through FDA approval sometime in next summer. I, so, I heard it's amazing. on the, I've, yeah, I heard it's on the, um, on the kind of the docket, so to speak. Mm -hmm. yeah the future is now it's happening fast i uh, one of my cool uh, once that gets legalized what uh you know what what people can do with the research once they get their hands on it oh ab absolutely i had neil ghani on and neil's a psilocybin kind of convert but he's got such a cute story you know he's he's uh an indian national ended up in silicon valley super successful and super successful by all definitions but he just felt he felt unhappy he just felt, you know, yeah. not, not happy. You know, he just felt depressed and, and just, you know, he's like, I had a happy life. I had the Instagram life, you know, but I wasn't <laughs> happy. And he went to a party one day and somebody, he, this, this is a, like I said, a real Indian techie nerd boy, right? Like a mom, like you could imagine him being a mama's boy, never drank, never smoked, you know, never went out with girls, never did anything like he just a good guy, yeah. you know? And did all the right stuff. And somebody said, you know, hey, you look like you need to be happier and gave him a MDMA gummy at a at a oh, wow. festival. At a festival. Changed his yeah. life. Changed his life. That's, I mean, yeah, Michael Pollan has a similar story, right? Where he wasn't affiliated with any of that kind of stuff. And and then yeah. it came into his life and it and it did so much good. And now he's a poster for for this movement. Um yeah. and that's and that's how a lot of the psychedelic movement's been, which has been so cool, right? Like uh, the community that was at the maps conference is from so many diverse backgrounds that you like don't, wouldn't expect. 
um, yes, people yes. being converted to this this kind of thinking and approach <laughs> to medicine. So it's it's amazing what it's doing to people, which which obviously means that it you know it's really working. It 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 works. I'm you know I'm I I consider myself pretty lucky. Grew up in a time when you know that stuff was kind of readily available and accessible in a kind of a you know rock concert kind of an environment, and even even outside of the the concerts. Uh, my brother went to school in in Boulder in the uh, in the eighties, so um, nice. you know I had I had come across them before, and going to Grateful Dead concerts and you know self ex- experimenting right self medicating, and I do attribute that a lot to my ability to kind of control my own mental health or at least you know self self manage and have a good yeah. mental outlook. I mean the other one was being in sales. And being exposed to a lot of good, positive, you know, motivational tapes and self-talk and stuff, because, you know, you're the world outside when you're a sales guy selling life insurance, the world outside is not friendly. It's lions and tigers and bears. And you have to have a really strong rooted um, psyche at the end of the because every day you're getting smashed. I think you're so right. And I think the thing, the great thing you're, you're getting at here is like this holistic approach to our wellness, right? Yeah. Where it's, you know, having the tools like maybe psychedelics to, I to have, help you I had the tools, open up yeah. some parts of your brain, but you mm-hmm. have, you're, you're mentioning, you know, personal development work, professional yep. vigor. You're mentioning music, which is amazing. A place like Boulder with all the outdoor um, mm-hmm. activity and, abil- and, and um, in that vicinity, like, it's really set and setting on a grand scale to like really build our wellness portfolio. If you look at it yeah. that way for ourselves, like yeah, coping it skills, it, it's so many categories of things, which is like one size is going to fit all. There's not going to be one thing. We really need to be well-rounded in how we're taking care of ourselves. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I love the fact that there's so many tools coming out, you know, just so much happening in the space. And I'm, I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time doing this podcast because I'm, I'm meeting people like you and I'm just like, okay, wait, wait a minute, what? You're putting a hole in someone's head? You're putting a, P, a P-shaped device and that's going to give them like electrical pulses and that's crazy. I love it. <laughs> the future is now, man. Um, and I will say like the, the there's that kind of crazy technology that's coming and happening. There's also tools that we've had for thousands of years that still do so good. Like I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher in my spare time, whatever oh, a little bit okay. I have. Um, there's it's such power in the breath and basic movement. Like the tools have been around for a long time and, and I'm so glad that we have like all these new tools that are coming out, but like, yeah, you're never more than a, a breath away from having a sense of, you know, a sense of calm and some peace. You you're, I mean, Steven it's so powerful. I, a couple nice. of the interviews that I've had with people who talked about, su- they were suicidal at points in their life. Right. And, and really fought off the, I mean, even ideology and, and just the thoughts and the message that really struck me at times was people saying, I just needed one more minute. If I could get past yeah. this minute, then I could get to the next minute. And I had hope that I could get another minute. You know, that I wasn't going to hurt myself. I wasn't going to do the things that I was thinking about. And I just needed that minute to pass. And man, that box breath, you know, like you said, you're never more than a breath away from getting some, you know, just a little bit of a box breath, you know, just a deep breath, slowly going through the cycle. And there's a minute, you know, you made it. Yep. hundred percent. Well said. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love this. I, there's so many good tools I've been picking up too, even for my own. I'm coming back here and I'm learning so much now. I even, even in my phone, my wake up thing is mindfulness, breath work. When I wake up, I just yeah. try to get into breath work. Yeah, uh, stay out of your phone. <laughs> it's been, I've tried to never do that, but I'm trying. It's super hard, but you can do it, you know, and, and um, like I said, I think the breath work is the easiest thing because you could, you know, you can just go through that and at least that's gets you, you know, out of the run up and jumping. We're grab doing the phone it anyway. Get, yeah. Yeah. And then you're doing <laughs> yeah, all this you're other stuff. Anyway. You just focus on the breath. Yeah. You're going to breathe anyway. Crazy. Yeah. You're going to breathe anyway. Make it intentional for a second. Make it intentional for a second. Steven, thanks for being a guest, man. I, re- I super appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me, Ken. This was a, this was a great conversation. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the next time I get to chat. Yeah, me too. Hang around for 30 seconds. I got one more commercial to run and I'll, and I'll get you on the other side to say goodbye. Um, thanks everybody for listening to the show. So, and, um, and tuning in, please do give us some, you know, comments on whatever platform you're on Facebook and LinkedIn, Twitter, or, uh, YouTube. We're all in all those places. Fantastic. I love this platform and I'll see you all tomorrow. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.